If you've ever been in church for Easter, you've probably heard of Palm Sunday. I'm guessing you've probably heard of Palm Sunday. You may not know why it's called Palm Sunday. So uh, let me see if I can connect some dots for you. Um, Palm Sunday is today in the church calendar. This is when we celebrate Palm Sunday. It is the Sunday before Easter. It is the Sunday that we, we believe traditionally Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and people got so excited that they threw a parade for him. They had palm branches, they waved it, they yelled stuff like, Hosanna, King of the Highest, you know, all this stuff. They laid the palms down and so he was on his donkey, the donkey rode over the palm. It was huge. And a week later, he was dead. Now, you, know, you might have heard the expression, life turns on a dime. That's pretty quick. Like one minute you're the center of attention in a parade and the next week you're dead. So what happened? What would make a crowd change from cheering you to killing you in less than a week? Well, I believe that today we're going to discover why that happened. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he said why he came. And they, they went from cheering to killing all because of why he came, more, maybe more importantly, why he did not come. This is what Jesus said to his disciples in Mark 10, verse 45. As they were in the middle of a fight over who would be the greatest in the kingdom, Jesus said these words. Hey, guys, I'm paraphrasing. Time out. I'm the king, and I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And not just to serve, but to give my life as a ransom. That alone it's what caused a crowd to go from cheering to killing in less than a week because the crowd thought our king has finally come and he's going to get rid of all the people who are making our lives miserable and it's finally going to be our turn to be in charge we're going to have power and we're going to tell those yahoos what to do and jesus wouldn't do that Instead, Jesus went to the cross, and they struggled with that. And before we start saying that they were jerks, and you know, if we'd have been there, can we, just, can we just strip away all the pretend and just admit that if we had been there, we would have done the exact same thing? Because today, we still struggle with serving. It's a shame, too, because... I believe that serving, if the church would truly serve, it would change the world. Here's how I know. It already did. A, a pagan, a pagan named Emperor Julian, he was so not a believer that he had a nickname, and it was the apostate. Like, when your friends are calling you the apostate, by the way, that's a really fancy name for non-believer. When they're calling you that, you're not following Jesus. Here's what he said. He wanted to revive pagan religion in the mid-300s, and he gave this insight into how he believed the church had actually spread. The opponent of the faith said this, quote, Christianity has been specially advanced through the loving, so, loving service rendered to strangers and through their care of the burial of the dead, through the loving service to strangers. He said, it is a scandal that there is not a single Jew who is a beggar and that the Christians care not only for their own poor, but for ours as well. While those who belong to us look in vain for the help that we should render 
them. Here's what he's saying. He's saying our people keep holding their hand out going, what's the government going to give to me? But these Christian people, they're taking care of the poor. And not just their poor, our poor as well. And he said that's what spread Christianity. It's the single most important part of the history of the church. Of all the things a pagan could have noticed about Christians, this was what he noticed. I believe this, that if we turn our attention to what can happen when the church stands down in service, I believe that we will see the world change again. So we're going to take this morning just a closer look at serving. I'm going to give you two points. Just two points is all we got. You can remember these. Here's the first one. Jesus chose to serve. You got note sheets. You're going to want to write a bunch of scriptures down, okay? You're going to want to go home and read these. Jesus chose to serve. Now, some of you are here for the first week, so you are here. Your first week is week five of a series called Stand. And here's, here's what, just a real quick recap of Stand. Ephesians 6.13, Paul writes this. He says, listen, put on the full armor of God, and after you've done everything you can to stand, stand, right? That's one of those verses that if you're in the middle of a battle, you hate that verse, right? Like, okay, Paul, I did everything you said, and now you said, after I've done all that, I should, and you're waiting on him to say, like, blow something up, you know what? He goes, just stand, stand. So here's the thing. We said early on, we're not doing a series to, to, to preach to you about you should stand. No, we're doing a series to teach you as you stand, how should you, right? So here's what we've learned to this point. We stand in obedience. We stand up through prayer, right? Jason did a great job. Jason was teaching us about how we access heavenly reality in prayer. We bring that back down to the struggle. We stand with one another in unity, Last week, we talked about standing out, right? Last week was that week. I said, I'm going to tell you about holiness, and we're all going to be like, ugh, holiness. We have to become nuns and monks, right? But we stand out. But here's the most important thing from last week that we, we took away, that identity fuels activity. Who you are determines what you do. I love the testimony that, that Linda shared, the peace that she started to feel when she realized, this is how I was made. This is who I am, and this is why I act the way that I do, and God designed it that way. And it's this morning, you've got to get identity. I don't want to beat that to death, but we've got to get who we are in Christ. Because today and next week, by the way, you have cards in your seat. You have cards that, that, about the stand series. Man, you need to take those cards this week. You need to intentionally invite somebody to church next week, and here's the people you need to invite. <laughs> invite the people that don't want to come, right? Invite people who feel like they're so jacked up that God would never accept them. Because next week, what we're going to find out is that the gospel stands for people. And we can't do that if we don't, if these acts of service, if we don't have our identity right, if we don't understand who we are, then we'll never serve well. And so that's where Jesus is our best model. Because he chose to serve. Philippians chapter 2. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can, you can turn in real quick. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Here's what it says about Jesus. Paul's writing, he says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death 
even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, service is an action, and it's fueled by our identity, and Jesus models that, okay? A couple things I just want you to note about the verses we just read. Jesus knew who he was. He knew. He, it said he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he knew. I'm God. He knew who he was. That's his identity, right? Identity fuels activity. So he knew who he was. So what did he do? He made a choice to become nothing. He made the choice. Jesus chose to serve. I don't know if you know this or not, but your ability to choose is what, outside of our soul, is one of the things that, that's what sets us apart from the animal kingdom. The animal kingdom is reactionary, but we have been created in the very, in the very image of our Father to have the ability to choose. Jesus made a choice. He made a choice to become nothing. He made a choice to be obedient even to the cross. Serving instead of being served. Jesus became a servant king. And when he came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and everybody was cheering, they were like, this is going to be a powerful king who's going to overthrow the government. And Jesus is thinking, yeah, I'm a king. I'm a servant king. But what I want you to get out of this very first point, okay? I want you to, you've got to get this. I'm not trying to make, like, make light of what was going on in heaven. But Jesus stepped down. He was not pushed down by God. Check this out. Take six inch step to the right. Just stop right there on the edge. Just like that. Honey, I don't want to do it. Put the two hands on the rope. You know I love you, right? Oh, please don't push me off. Please and don't. Right, I am not. And right here. I'm right here. I'm not going to push you. I'm not going to push you. But if you stand here for more than ten more seconds, I will. What'd she say? I just got dumped. <laughs> Was it worth it? <laughs> it will be worth it. Someday she'll thank me. So can I can I have her number? <laughs> so <laughs> Jesus, Jesus willingly, willingly, everybody say willingly. Willingly chose to step down. We're talking about standing down in service. He chose to do that, okay? So Jesus chose to serve. Here's, here's point two. And now, listen, before you write down, let me just set you at ease. If you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, this doesn't apply to you. I mean, the first one does. You need to know that you have a king in heaven that willingly step down to serve you. But the second point, if you're not a believer, you're not following Jesus, you can sit back, sip your coffee, and watch people squirm. It'll be fun for you, right? This doesn't apply to you. But if you're a believer, if you follow Jesus, if you claim that this is the book that guides your life, this applies to you, okay? You ready? <laughs> what a setup. Jesus chose to serve. That means that now we can choose to serve too. 
okay? Listen, we're talking about identity. We're talking about things that happened. When Jesus stepped down and he was obedient to the cross, I tell you this all the time, I'm not making fun of Easter plays. Someday we'll probably do one, but Jesus did not come from heaven to earth to die on a cross so that you and I have something to make an Easter play about. He didn't come to give us Easter play material. He came to set us free. He came to change your identity. We talked about this extensively last week. Man, if you, you weren't here for any of these series messages, you get, just go on our website, thegatheringnow.com. They're all there. They'll be well worth your time, especially last week. Last week's powerful. It's all about identity. Our identity changed at the cross. Something significant happened at the cross, and, and God knew that we really needed to get this today, so that's why the band closed with No Longer Slaves, which I happen to know they weren't going to do until today. Because God knows we need to get this. So listen to what happened. Romans chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. It says this, If we have been united with him like this in his death, then we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Here's the two verses that are really crucial. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin at the cross slaves were set free like we talk about this all the time like before Jesus you don't have a choice to sin but after Jesus you do we have a choice he set us free we were slaves and now we're not Jesus chose willingly to serve us and now we can willingly choose to serve others Galatians Chapter 5, 13 says that we have been called to freedom. And he says, so use your freedom to serve. Galatians 5, 13, use your freedom to serve. Here's how the big idea says it today. Um, the big idea is going to be on the screen for you in just a minute. Here's what the big idea is, those of you that are with us for the first time. The big idea is my, my willingness to admit that most of what I say today, unless you wrote it down in the notes, when you get in the car and go eat, you're, for, you're going to forget it. I mean, it's good stuff. I know it is because I see your heads nodding. And you're like, yeah, that's good, but you're going to forget it. But if you can remember this statement, then you get the, the nugget of what we're talking about. Okay? So here's, here's your big idea today. We're free to serve, not forced to serve. We're free to serve with Jesus, not forced to serve by Jesus. This is huge. If we don't see the freedom, we'll never understand the power of serving like Jesus did. Listen to the statement. When we're slaves, serving is a chore. I don't know what chores you don't like to do, okay? But when I was growing up, yard work, top of the list, right? And yard work was always done on Saturday. I mean, we got teenagers in the house, right? What's up with that? Like, don't, do your parents not know that that's the only day you can sleep in? If you can sleep in, unless you're doing something crazy like band geeks or something crazy like that, right? That's the only day you can sleep in. And then your parents, like, they don't tell you on Monday, hey, this Saturday we're going to do yard work. They tell you Saturday morning as they wake you up, right? Today's yard work day. You're like, what? What? Yard work. Get up. We're going outside now. Uh, I don't want to. Didn't ask. Let's go, right? Like, chores, taking out the trash, making your bed, cleaning the bathroom. Like, chores, doing laundry. Ugh, can I, get an, can I get an amen on that? Like, ugh. There'll be no laundry in heaven. Hallelujah, right? Like, we are a family of five. It is a never-ending. We do laundry every day, right? When is laundry day? Every day, right? Every single day. 
chores. Listen, when you're a slave, serving is a chore. I'll give you that. When you're a slave, serving is a chore. But when you're free, serving is a choice. Jesus chose to serve because he was free. He knew who he was, equal with God. I'm willingly stepping down. I'm willingly going to stand down in service. He chose to do that. And because he set us free at the cross, we were slaves. So before the cross, everything was a chore. But now, after the cross, we're no longer slaves. Now, we're free. And serving is a choice now. It's a choice that we can make. Because we have a new identity. One that can choose to do what pleases God. One that can choose to do what brings him glory. I love the verse from last week, 1 Peter 2, 9. We talked about that. It says that um, you've been called out. We talked about how holiness is our identity, right? So God, he takes a piece of, you know, a pie and he cuts a piece out and he pulls it aside. He calls it out. That's what we are. We're called out and we're set apart for a purpose. One of the purposes is to serve. Here's how I know. Galatians chapter 5, 13. We just read it a minute ago. It says, you, my brothers, were, um, what's the word? Do you see it in your Bible? Mine says called. You were called to be free. It's the same Greek word. We were called out to be free. And then Paul continues and says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. So called out. We are free, set apart. We have a new identity, and he's like, now you can do whatever you want with this new freedom. You can indulge your sinful nature. You are free to make that choice. But I'm asking you, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Instead, got a new plan. Serve one another in love. Be like Jesus. Be like your Savior who, who willingly stepped down in service. Step down. Serve. Make a choice to do that. You're free now to choose to serve. And that distinction is this. We don't have to do it. We get to. And, and as we kind of start to wrap this up, listen. This is why in the early church, serving was such a powerful testimony to a pagan emperor. Because he only knew one way to rule. And, and what, what do pagan emperors do when they rule? How do they rule people? Anybody know? Like you do it or die, right? I mean, like that's a good way to get people to do stuff. It works outwardly. But he looked at a, a growing church, and he, he couldn't get past this one thing. They don't have to. They, they don't have to. When the plague hit, and everybody that wasn't a believer left the city, left their families behind so that they wouldn't get infected by their own family members because they didn't want to get the plague and die. As they all left the city, the Christians stayed in the city and cared for the sick people. And then some of them died as a result. And when pagan emperors see that kind of motivation, like what would make you choose, choose to do that? And the Christians had only one answer. Our king, who could have ridden in on Palm Sunday and taken his place on the throne, instead came in on Palm Sunday and showed us his palms. I'm here to serve. And that kind of service changed me. 
And save people, serve people. Not because they have to. Not because Pastor Paul gets up every other week and says, check the card that says I want to serve. Or because we need you. But because it's a reflection of who you now are. We serve because we've been served. Just as we wrap this up, I'm going to tell you something that most leaders won't tell you. But I have to say this because we have to be honest. If you're free to choose to serve, you're also free to not choose to serve. Did I say that right? That sounded weird coming out of my mouth. You're free to not, you're free. You can say no. (laughs) See, there's, the manipulation's gone. You're free to say no. And I would even suggest that there are probably times in our lives when we should say no. There are seasons in life when we may not be able to serve as much as we wish that we could. But I want to leave you with this. Serve somebody. Serve at some level. Maybe there was a season when you led a community group and you were like, that's how I serve. And then you had baby number four. And you were like, my family is a community group. I can't lead a community group, right? (laughs) I lead a community group every night at dinner time. You might be in a season where you can't lead a community group. I mean, that's something for our church here. And and then you start to feel bad, like, but, but if I'm a good Christian, I should do that. What we learned last week is there's not good and bad Christians. There's just Christians. So maybe in that season, you can't lead a community group, but, but you know what? You can serve somebody somewhere. And I think sometimes the reason that we don't is because it just seems like such a big, massive call that we don't even know where to start. And so I got a quick clip to watch, and then we'll wrap it up. So you're really him, aren't you? You want more proof? I haven't done the pillow of salt thing in a while. That's all right. I believe you. I just, I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. What? Why an ark? I mean, that's like flood territory. You wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't do that. Would you do that? Let's just say that whatever I do, I do because I love you. Well, then you have to understand that this whole building and art thing is really not part of my plans here. I need to settle into my house. I need to make a good impression at work. <laughs> what? Your plans. <laughs> what are you talking? I'm, we're talking about an arc, right? I mean, an arc? An arc is huge. I don't even know where I would begin. Well, I hear that a lot. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. You want to know how to change the world, son? One act of random kindness at a time. Build the ark. I'll tell you what. You build it, I'll fill it. And if anybody asks, tell them the flood's coming. Oh, and uh, you might need this. Okay, so what do I do? I grab the wood and then... Oh, okay. You know, that's... 
Just cruel. Do you see him? I don't see him. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says that each one of us should use whatever gift we've been given to serve. Okay? So I just want to make this really clear. We have the choice to serve or not to serve, but God's pretty clear that he knows what he wants us to choose. He wants us to serve. He wants us to use whatever gift we've been given to serve. What I love is what comes in the next verse, which nobody ever reads because we all love that one, right? Especially when you're recruiting people to serve, you, you say verse 10, use whatever gift you have to serve. And here are the eight different teams you can join, right? But verse 11 says, if anyone serves, let him serve in the strength that God gives. And that's the key is that when we do what Jesus did, when we willingly choose to serve, we have a God who gives us the strength we need to serve. And so when we face times where it's like, I'm, no, I just got to tap out, I can't serve, we need to start asking ourselves a couple questions, okay? And I'll ask the, the hard ones first. Is there sin in my life? Is there something in my life that would make me suddenly not have a heart of compassion for people? Because that's not the heart of God. And if we say no, it's like, is there a season in my life when I just can't right now do this? Is, is there strength that I'm missing that God wants to give me so that I can serve in his strength? And I believe that you can't get through that whole series of questions without at some point realizing that you have exactly what you need to serve. Somewhere. Now, here's how we're going to end this morning. You have a note card, and if you've not been, you don't have to use this if you don't want to, but I'd love for you to walk out of here with something tangible that you can do. So all of you either go to work or you go to school. Um, I know you go to church because here you are. We, we all go different places. Some of you go to all those places, it seems like, at the same time. Um, you go to the Y, you go to Lifter's Gym, you go to Gold's Gym. You see the same people all the time right? You go to the grocery store, you tend to see the same person to check you out. You go to the same restaurants. You, you usually have the same server. I have Jesus every Sunday at Mazatlan or wherever we go. Jesus seems to always be a server there, although I think it's Jesus, but I call him Jesus. I'm like, dude, I just preached about you and now you're serving me chips. That's awesome, right? We see the same people. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture, if you can, take a snapshot of your world and I want you to ask yourself one simple question. Forget about serving the whole world right now. Forget about serving on a team at church. Just ask yourself one question. Who, one person, could I serve tomorrow? And I bet you a face or a name popped up in your mind. And that's the name I want you to write down on that note card. Or if you can remember it, I need to write it down because I forget. But if you won't forget, then it's okay. You don't have to write it down. Who can you serve tomorrow? I love how Andy Stanley says it. He says this, do for one what you would do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. I wish I could give everyone money to go get something to eat. Well, then give one person money to get something to eat. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So I'm going to ask you tomorrow. Not Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or beyond. I'm asking you tomorrow, on Monday, tomorrow, do for that one what you wish you could do for everyone. I believe this. What will happen is 
as we serve our city like that, as we serve people who desperately need it, that the world begins to take notice and they start asking questions like, why would you willingly do that? I mean, if you were paying me, I might do it, but why would you do it just because you want to? What would make you want to? And the only answer is Jesus. And that is the whole point. Let's pray. God, I, I lift up this house of people. God, uh, members, visitors, just everybody's in this room right now. I believe there's enough potential in this room to radically change Albemarle and Stanley County. We simply go and serve like Jesus did. We simply choose to lay down whatever rights we have to willingly go and serve. That that alone, just like it grabbed the attention of a pagan emperor in the 300s, will grab the attention of a pagan culture in 2017. The world will not be won over because we can out-debate them. It will be won because we can out-love them, out-serve them. And so I pray that you would do what you promised in 1 Peter 4.11 as we are writing names down, as we're thinking about faces, as we're praying over the people that we will serve tomorrow, we ask that you would supernaturally give us the strength we need to serve, that we would serve them in your strength because that's how you get the glory. And we thank you for it, God, in your name, Jesus. Amen.